0: This is Father Kevin Hale with the homily for the third Sunday in Ordinary Time, the 24th of January. The eyes of the world have been on Washington this week, and the ears too, eager to hear what the newest leader of the most powerful country in the free world has to say. When someone breaks onto the world stage, it's a moment worth catching, because words are important, they deliver a message. We know that in totalitarian regimes, the first means of oppression is to take control of communications of the media, to shut down all public discussion. So words matter. And when world leaders speak, the world listens. So when Jesus breaks onto the public stage, his first words are significant, vital, and they need to be listened to, because they are words that will set the tone for his entire public life. The time has come, repent and believe in the gospel, follow me. That message is about as far removed from what people actually think Catholics are about than you can imagine, because the average person on the street, presuming they have any insight, think that we are those people who just obey someone called the Pope, who have as many children as possible, and who don't eat meat on Friday. In many people's minds, Catholicism is a kind of moral code or a philosophy of life, but not much to do with the amazing, surprising God of the Bible. Christianity is, of course, a moral code, but at its heart and centre, there is something much more awe-inspiring and attractive In the minds of contemporary people, religion is all about being a good moral person. However, as critics have been pointing out for about the last 300 years, this reading of Christianity flies in the face of a plain reading of the New Testament. This presentation of Christianity is certainly easier to believe, but it's a version that may not be worth believing, because it turns the gospel into a mere echo of what the prevailing culture is. G.K. tested and expressed this notion when he said, we do not really want a religion that is right where we are right. We want a religion that is right where we are wrong. We do not want, as the newspapers say, a church that will move with the world. We want a church that will move the world. Anyone who's tempted to embrace a sort of rationalist reduction of Christianity is not going to... Handle very well what St. Paul says in the letter to the Corinthians of this Sunday's Mass. This text dates from around the mid 50s of the first century, so it's older than any of the Gospels. I tell you, he says, I tell you, our time is running out. From now on, those who have wives should live as though they had none, those who are mourning as though they had nothing to mourn about, those who are enjoying life should live as though they had nothing to laugh about. Do not become engrossed in the world, because the world as we know it is passing away. What did he mean by this? He means that relationships, even the most intense, like between husbands and wives, or material things, the world itself, all of these at a basic level should be let go of. Not in the literal sense, perhaps, but in our attitude towards them, as though they were not important. To live as though even all those lovely things are not all-defining, not the ultimate means of our happiness. This is what is meant by a discipleship costing not less than everything. And this is the crux of following Jesus. Our religion isn't one of rewards in this life. It's a life of the cross. Jesus never says, follow me and I'll show you a good time. He did say, follow me and you will share in the chalice of my suffering. There are good times, but those good times come from totally and cheerfully embracing the crosses. Chesterton again says, the minute I was convinced that the world is not meant to make me perfectly happy, it began to make me truly happy. That's what St Paul is sensing. That's the new world that's breaking through. That bland, spiritual recommendations and moralising don't deliver what we need. It's only Christ who offers us a new world, a new way. So with this in mind, the inaugural address and words of Jesus, the first words out of his mouth in the first gospel, tell us this now is the time of fulfilment. Time is running out. The new time is beginning because the kingdom of God is close at hand. Now, oceans of ink have been spilt over this, but he means so much more than simply a new ethical or political arrangement. He means so much more than a new attitude or state of mind. What he means is the breakthrough of God's new order, which is built upon Jesus himself and ultimately his resurrection from the dead. The behavioural implication is clear. Repent and believe the gospel. It means not just a moral change, but a metanoia, a going beyond the mind that you have. And the consequence of that is believing in the gospel, believing in something greater than you. Rejoicing that we have been called to something great, like Jonah in that first reading, which goes on to tell us that he converted the whole of the city of Nineveh by his preaching. It was the greatest revival in history. The task of the church is precisely that, to announce Jesus Christ crucified and risen. When we do this, we will always be successful and others will be brought to a change, a conversion and to follow Christ along with us. Mary's following of Christ was perfect, which included the pain and the suffering along the way. When we look at her and ask her, she will obtain for us the desire and the courage to live with the same conviction. Let us pray. Almighty ever-living God, direct our actions according to your good pleasure, that in the name of your beloved Son, we may abound in good works, through Christ our Lord. Amen.